Hi, everybody, and thank you for listening to True Time. If you are not only a fan of true crime, but also the supernatural, this is the story of a voice from beyond the grave. This is the case of Teresita Bassa. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. My name is Avery. And I am Dylan. And welcome to True Time. Welcome. We are so excited to have you here for another exciting case. We really are, though. It's been it's been fantastic. How many people have been, new people have been coming to listen yeah, to the podcast? You guys just came out of nowhere. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Everything has been pretty consistent, but you guys are doubling our numbers every week. Yeah. So, what's up, everyone? Hello. We don't know you yet, but yet. you know us. We want to know you. Yeah. That's why we try to do things to engage the fans. Yeah. Sometimes we get those uh, sprinkled in messages and everything, and Avery loves to respond to those. So, mm-hmm. hit us up, bro. Let us know what's going on, where you're listening from. Slide into our DMs. How you found us. Yeah. Slide in. <laughs> <laughs> so... I guess we'll do a quick little life update. Yeah, for sure. So this past weekend on April 2nd, it was our six-month wedding anniversary. And we decided to go all out for it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we went... last-minute planning. Yeah, it was very last-minute, like two days before. Or a day before. Yeah. We did it on Friday, didn't we? I thought it was Thursday. Okay. Prepped a little Friday and then yeah. <laughs> left Saturday. Oh, yeah. Um, we decided to go to Frankfurt, which is a really big city, kind of big city, only an hour from here. The capital. Yes. And we got a really nice hotel suite in a really cool place. Mm-hmm. And we decided to just go stay the night. Yeah, like a hotel downtown. Just wanted to go hang out, have a nice place to stay, uh, went out for a nice dinner. What's that place called? Vivi or Vivi? Like Vivi. It's V-A-I-V-A-I. Fanciest I'm, restaurant I'm, I've ever been to. It was so good. Avery's eaten there before. Just once. I went yeah. there for my 21st birthday and the meal I got was by far one of the best things I've ever eaten in my whole life. <laughs> so yeah. when the opportunity came around to go there again and take Dylan for the first time, had to take it. Yeah, it was it was an awesome place. The the vibes were there, the food was there, dessert was there. Yes, everything so was there. Delicious. Yeah, cocktails were amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten out of ten recommend. Yeah, so it was super chill weekend. Yeah, just had a nice place to stay, go around town. And if you listen to, I think it was our episode last week, you know how excited we were to get five guys. Oh, yeah. Well, Frankfurt has one too, and we may or may not have gotten it again. Yeah. uh, (laughs) We double dipped. Whoops. (laughs) Went twice in two weeks. Yeah. Again, you know, we were just celebrating. We wanted like a fast food kind of option because we just wanted to walk around, do some light shopping. And it was either a McDonald's or Five Guys. Yeah, and there's no way you choose McDonald's over Five Guys. No. 
And McDonald's here in Germany is a lot more expensive than in the States. So you'd be paying like 25 bucks for a meal mm-hmm. for McDonald's here because they try to make it fancier. So it's more worth it to get five guys. Yeah, no, it definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just really nice to hang out together and just enjoy some good food. We hung out in the room a lot, which was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, I mean, we we had a nice room, decided mm-hmm. it's worth it to spend some time in there. So Yeah, it was just time to hang out after the crazy week we had and just enjoy each other. We're never drinking at a hotel bar, bar again, though. No. Yeah, so we were so excited. The hotel had a rooftop bar. We went up there. We were dazzled by the city lights. Mm -hmm. Very beautiful. And we got these like basil lemonade drinks and some water. And then it was how much? Like 45 euro? 50 euro? euro? Yeah, absolutely not. Which is like almost 60 US dollars. Yeah. So I don't know what happened there. Yeah, uh, we got the bill and dipped. Yeah, we were like, okay, back to the room. <laughs> yeah, so. But it was really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's like two Five Guys meals right there. Yeah. We got a really good rate on the room. We just kind of forgot where we were, I think. That's why. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, it was perfect. We had a delicious breakfast. Oh, yeah. European yeah. breakfast spreads are so good. Top notch. Mm-hmm. Top notch. Like, they don't just throw out. A waffle maker no. and some muffins and some booty scrambled eggs. <laughs> they for real like have an array of amazing foods, fresh, high quality. Yeah, and it was really good. Yeah, delicious. And then we just went back up to our room for a little bit, relaxed, and then drove home. So Yeah, it's only an hour away from us. So. Yeah, it was a perfect weekend getaway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of our life update. It is. Let us know how you guys are doing. It's April now, so that's exciting. It is. Get it into snowed spring. yesterday for us, so. Yeah. Confusing. Trying to get into spring. <laughs> Weird, but we're doing good. We are. Sun is back out, so that's yes. all that matters. <laughs> Although it's supposed to rain every day this week. Great. But, <laughs> but we're excited to talk about this case. Yeah, I'm interested. You said it's very different from... Most that you've done so far. Yeah, I would say it's got a different vibe. It kind of brings in another element that we haven't really talked about on the podcast. So I hope you all enjoy it and like it. And if you want to hear more cases like this or have any other supernatural stories you'd like for me to talk about, just let me know. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So, this week's case begins on February 21st, 1977, near Chicago, Illinois. Teresita Bassa was 47 years old and worked as a respiratory therapist at Edgewater Hospital. According to AllThatInteresting.com, a random fun fact was that the famous serial killer John Wayne Gacy was born there at that hospital, as well as Hillary Clinton. (laughs) And even Frank Sinatra was a patient there once. All hand in hand. (laughs) (laughs) It's an array of people. (laughs) I just said array because I heard you say that earlier. And now I feel like, (laughs) I don't don't know what, I just came to me. Isn't it funny? I think this is a random tangent, but I feel like Dylan will say words sometimes or I'll say things and then we'll both start using each other's vocab or picking up on each other's random traits that we do. 
That's just something we talked about the other day that I think is really funny. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Continue with your story. Back on track. So Teresita was a very unique woman. She was born in 1929 in the Philippines and was an only child to wealthy parents. She attended Assumption College in Manila, and after graduation, she moved to the United States. Teresita had a passion for music and earned her master's in it at Indiana University, but she ultimately decided to work in the medical field. At the time, Teresita was actually working on earning her doctorate in music from Loyola University while she was still working at the hospital. Gosh, that's a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Because when you're working in medical, you're not working like a nine to five. You're working like 12 hour shifts. Yeah. And then getting your doctorate. And something totally different. It's really cool. That is cool. And in her free time, she also gave piano lessons, according to medium.com. gracious. Yeah. How much time does she have? She's making the most of it. Her days are longer than mine. (laughs) So Teresita was described as a kind, hardworking woman who mostly kept to herself, but ultimately led a happy life. The day of February 21st was a normal day for Teresita. She worked her normal shift at the hospital, then headed home to her apartment in the early evening. At around 7.10 that evening, she received a phone call from a friend named Dr. John Abella. According to an article in Ebony Magazine, Dr. Abella had called her to discuss concert tickets that he and Teresita were trying to sell. During the call, Teresita had to end it because she mentioned she had a guest who had just arrived to her door and that they may be interested in purchasing a ticket. By 7.30, Teresita received another call from a friend named Ruth Loeb. She also worked at the hospital. They talked for around 20 minutes and Teresita mentioned she had to go since she had a male visitor over who was helping to fix her television set, according to medium.com. No other details were discussed, and that was the end of the call. At 8.40 p.m., though, neighbors who lived down the hall from Teresita noticed the smell of smoke in their apartment. When they looked out into the hallway, they could see more smoke coming out of Teresita's door. They immediately called the building's janitor, who contacted the Chicago Fire Department, and he also notified the residents of the building so they could safely evacuate. Why would they call the janitor first? Well, probably because he had a key to get in there if something was wrong. Mm. I think, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's true. Once the firefighters arrived, the entire hallway had filled with smoke, according to medium.com. They made it into Teresita's apartment, and what they would find was absolutely horrific. They quickly found the source of the fire to be a mattress with a pile of clothes underneath. While they were able to quickly put out the fire... They found Teresita's body under the mattress. Oh my, like she was on fire? Mm Mm-hmm. The description of what the firefighters saw is graphic, so fast forward if you need to. Firefighters found Teresita badly burned. She was naked and posed in a way that had her knees open and ankles together with her arms up by her head, immediately looking like she had been sexually assaulted, according to Ebony Magazine. Oh, gosh. A kitchen knife was also deeply stabbed through the middle of her chest. Oh. It became obviously clear this was no accidental fire, and the police were immediately called to come investigate the crime scene. Police could tell there had been a struggle because the apartment was in complete disarray. 
Since Teresita lived alone, they didn't have anyone to identify if items were specifically missing, but due to the scene, they concluded that a robbery must have taken place. The murderer had tried to cover her up with any evidence with fire, so some pieces may have been lost. Another possible lead police found was a note that read, quote, get tickets for A.S., end quote. After medical examination of Teresita's body, they did discover that she had actually not been sexually assaulted as well. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's the most messed up thing that we I always know. see in all these cases. Yeah. After all that initial gathering of information, police didn't have much else to go off of, so they spent the next few months questioning everyone they could in Teresita's life. They talked to her friends, people she worked with, other students in her classes, and her neighbors to discover more about the life she led. All police really found out was that Teresita was very respected and polite. She had dated but never married, and she didn't have any enemies or anyone who would want her dead. So everyone was truly shocked that this had happened to her, according to Medium.com. Did they check out the TV repairman? Well, they don't know who that was. Oh, dang. This was in the 70s, you said? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Throughout all of the interviewing being done, the detectives really weren't able to discover any new evidence or information that would point them in the direction of Teresita's killer. So for months, the case began to go cold until a strange tip came in about six months later in August of 1977. This tip came from the Evanston Police Department, and they wanted to talk to the lead detective on Teresita's case since they thought they had information that might help. Evanston is one of the suburbs of Chicago, so someone in the area knew something that police didn't. The Evanston Police Department asked the Chicago Police Department if they had looked into a man named Alan Showery, who worked at Edgewater Hospital. For lead detective Statula, it clicked. This had to be who the initials on the note stood for, according to Ebony Magazine. When he asked how they learned of this information, things began to get a little strange, so they gave the name of Dr. Jose Chua. Dr. Jose Chua worked in another hospital in Chicago, while his wife, Remy Chua, worked at Edgewater Hospital with Teresita, but they were only familiar with each other. Detective Statula and his partner went to visit the Chua's home to try to discover where they had learned this information. They were very skeptical and really didn't want to be involved or explain how they knew what they did, but the detectives had to look into them since they had nowhere else to look at this point. So what, they were thinking that they, or they just wanted to clear them as suspects or wanted to know how they figured this out? They just wanted to realize where they had gotten that name and how they believed he was involved, Mm -hmm. but they were just very shy and quiet about sharing what they knew, Okay, but they had to look into them. Yeah. During the home visit, a quote made from Detective Statula from the article in Ebony said, quote, The doctor acted embarrassed over our conversation, so I finally put it right on them. I told them that we had been notified that they possessed certain information. Dr. Chua then asked me if I believed in the occult or an exorcism. He said that, being a physician, he was trained to accept many things he couldn't explain, but he said what he was going to tell me was so bizarre that it prevented him from coming forward prior to this. 
He then paused and tried to read my face, end quote. Interesting. <laughs> Dr. Chua went on to explain that he had never heard of Teresita Bassa or knew anything about her murder until recently when he said that his wife, Remy, had become possessed with her spirit. What? What? She had begun acting strange, and one day at home, she walked out of the living room and laid in bed. When Dr. Chua followed Remy into their room, he described her as having a blank expression and was just staring at nothing. He proceeded to ask if something was going on, and she responded with a voice that was not hers, and she was speaking Tagalog. What is that? Dr. Chua and Remy were both from the Philippines, and Tagalog is the national language of the Philippines, so they both spoke it, but Dr. Chua had never heard his wife speak it before, according to the magazine Ebony. I'd never heard that. Mm-hmm. Tagalog. Tagalog. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's interesting. At this point, Dr. Chua believed something was wrong with his wife, so he asked if she knew who she was and if she could say her name. She responded in Tagalog, saying, I am Teresita Basa. The voice went on to explain to Dr. Chua that it needed help since they had been murdered and needed him to go to the police. The voice revealed that the name of the murderer was Alan Showery and repeated this several times. It went on to explain what happened that night to Dr. Chua. The voice said that Alan Showery arrived to the apartment to fix a television set, but instead stabbed her. According to the magazine Ebony, Detective Statula tried to find a hole in his story and asked Dr. Chua if the voice had mentioned being sexually assaulted, but he responded that the voice only mentioned being stabbed, which was true. If you did something like that, I would be freaking out. I yeah. would have, like... Slapped you a couple times. Thought you were messing with me. <laughs> like, well, that's how they felt. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that's how they felt. And that's why they didn't go to the police right away after this. Because it just seemed so strange. Yeah. So eventually Remy came back to consciousness and had no idea what had happened. And once her husband explained everything to her, she told him that she'd only met Teresita once at orientation in 1975 and they worked different shifts, so they really didn't know each other outside of that. Dr. Chua decided to not go to the police with what had happened since it seemed so unreal. However, Dr. Chua told the detectives that the voice came back and his wife had another episode one night while she was asleep. This time, he said the voice sounded more urgent, questioning him why he hadn't gone to the police. Trying to think of a response to something he didn't even believe was real, he replied that since he was a doctor, he needed facts, and that if he didn't have any real evidence, he couldn't go to the police. The voice then gave him information not even the police knew. It described a pearl cocktail ring and a jade pendant that Alan Showery had stolen from the apartment, and that he had given it to his wife or girlfriend. I read both in all of the articles I looked at. Bro, what? People are crazy. I know. Okay, it's also crazy that <laughs> someone like... Some His wife is possessed. Yeah, this is just weird. The voice then proceeded to give names of family members who could identify the jewelry as being hers. Remy also claimed that while she was in the locker room at work, she would have visions of Alan's face behind Teresita. Gosh. Dr. Chua decided to finally tell the police after hearing about potential evidence in hopes that it would finally stop his wife from having the episodes. 
With no other leads, police decided to look into Alan Showery to determine if the story could possibly be true. They learned that he didn't live that far away from Teresita's apartment, and when they questioned some of his co-workers at Edgewater, they learned that some of them remembered him mentioning he was going to help fix Teresita's TV set. What the heck is... Why would this dude kill her? We'll get into it. They then decided to visit his apartment where he was living with his girlfriend or wife at the time so they could begin questioning him directly. They brought him down to the police station for private questioning while they talked to his significant other separately. The detectives questioned Alan about his involvement in Teresita's murder, but of course he denied having anything to do with it until they told him that his co-workers mentioned he had gone over to her home that night to help with her TV, and that's when he changed his story. Mm-hmm. According to Medium.com, he said he actually did head over there to help her, but once he realized he didn't have the correct tool he needed, he decided to head home, especially since he was having electrical issues in his apartment. However, when the detectives asked Alan's significant other if they had any electrical issues in the previous months, she said they never did, and that even if they had, Alan wouldn't know how to fix it. <laughs> so that debunks that. They also decided to follow up on the jewelry tip and asked if Alan had given her any jewelry recently. She showed the police a pearl cocktail ring on her finger and a jade pendant in her collection, and she said that Alan had given her those in February as a late Christmas present. What the heck? No. I don't know. This is so weird. The police were shocked, realizing that Teresita's spirit really might have just given them the physical evidence they needed. Oh. The significant other fully cooperated and brought the jewelry down to the police station, and the police had one of Teresita's cousin who her voice said could identify it, come down to look at it. Her cousin confirmed it was Teresita's jewelry that her mother had gifted her, according to historicmysteries.com. Your face. (laughs) (laughs) Having all of this evidence, police brought it to Alan, which ultimately led him to confess to the murder of Teresita Bassa. According to dnainfo.com, Teresita and Alan knew each other from work, and Teresita also knew that Alan was in a rough financial place, so she would have him help her with various errands, and she would always tip him really well. This led Alan to believe she was well off, and he needed rent money, so he made the grave decision to murder her for it. The heck? How would he get money if he murdered her? He was going to find it in her apartment. Pro. It was the 70s, so... That night, he was coming to fix her TV set. She was also going to give him tickets to the concert as a thank you, according to Medium.com. What concert were they talking about? I don't know. It didn't say. Oh, okay. But that's what that note that the police found as evidence earlier Mm -hmm. and the phone call she had with the doctor. Yeah. So that tied that together. When he got inside, he stabbed her, removed her clothing to make it look like sexual assault had occurred, tore her apartment apart for money, but all he found was $30 and some jewelry. Then he lit her clothes and the mattress on fire to hide physical evidence. Bro, this dude's messed up. He was arrested and charged with her murder. Hmm. The trial started on January 21st, 1979, and it was nicknamed the Voice from the Grave trial. 
Four weeks later, the trial ended with a hung jury since a lot of them had a hard time being convinced of evidence that had essentially come from a ghost. Uh, what's a hung jury? Like 50-50 or? Yeah, there's no conclusion met. So what does that mean? Like what happens? It's a mistrial, so there has to be another trial. Oh, okay. While waiting for a second trial, he decided to officially plead guilty to earn a lesser sentence. Nice. Some believe he finally pled guilty due to Teresita's spirit visiting him in prison, but others just believe he took his lawyer's advice. <laughs> he was his lawyer like got possessed while he saw. Oh my gosh! Confess. <laughs> he was given a 14-year sentence, but was released in 1983 after only serving about four years. Bro, what? Mm-hmm. You. It was a different time. It was also so strange the way the evidence was found, this supernatural he element. He still confessed. No one forced him to. I don't know. Different time. <sighs> you literally murder someone and you go to college for four years. <laughs> About half of in. the, almost over half of his sentence was just for the arson and robbery, so... What the heck? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he also tried to burn down an apartment building with people in there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's strange. Different time, I feel oh like. Oh, my god! And I'm doing my best to piece together articles that have been written throughout the years. One I got from a great magazine that actually was published during the time, but most mm -hmm. of it is just trying to tie in the loose ends from what I read. So that's what I got from it. Yeah. But the question is, did the ghost of Teresita actually solve her own murder? Dun, dun, dun. Over the years, many people have come up with conclusions as to how Remy could have come across the information that her and her husband gave to the police. She did know Teresita and Alan from work, so some believe it's possible that she knew Alan was going to help Teresita fix her TV set and was afraid to come forward since there have been claims that she actually feared Alan Showery for some reason. So, this ghost story may have been her way of coming up with a safe option to get the information to the police. Some say she may have heard him talking about the murder, and she had been so scared she subconsciously found a way to share the information. Whether this story is supernatural or not, the truth came out, a murderer was caught, and it saved Teresita's case from going cold like so many others have. Yeah, to only be sentenced for four years. I know. That That's not really me. met, but at least it wasn't an unsolved mystery. That's still, that's like, I feel like that's worse. Not worse, but that's bad. Yeah, I don't know about what really ended up happening. I couldn't find more, but. I hope no one gives him a job. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure over the years he found something. Yeah, that's insane. It's crazy. I don't know about the whole ghost thing. You don't believe it? Mm. What do you think? Not really. <laughs> Not really. Why? Well, I mean, first of all, why her? You know, that's pretty random. Is it just because she knew how to speak uh, Tagalog? Was it? Tagalog. Tagalog. I mean, they both from the Philippines and they work together maybe Teresita was comfortable entering her body to 
share the name of her murderer? I don't know. I mean, she has family. What about the jewelry? That was something police didn't know, and it was all true. Mm. And they did multiple background checks on the Chua's, and there was no way from anything they found that they were involved or knew of anything prior. I don't know. I'm very skeptical. <laughs> Probably not. That's no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of evidence there that could just be it. Mm. <laughs> you have yeah. to let us know what you guys think. Yeah. Solve our debate. I'm, I think it could go either way. I mean, she did know her. And she knew Alan Showery. But yeah. they, the police didn't release the note to the public. So it's not like she saw those initials in the newspaper and knew who that could be potentially. Yeah. So there's a lot of strange connections that wasn't public knowledge that she knew. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of weird things, but... I don't know, maybe the girlfriend found this woman and shared some information. I don't know. There's so many possibilities. Yeah, there are a lot of possibilities, especially back then when your life wasn't tracked at all. Yeah, that's so, the hard part about all of this. Like, You don't know. Even if this is just a ghost story, I feel like it was a lot easier to get away with in the 70s, whereas today, mm -hmm. if you even tried something funny, it would be debunked very quickly. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe... Let us know what you guys are thinking. This <laughs> woman solved her own murder. I don't it's believe pretty it. pretty impressive if she did. <laughs> but interesting, interesting. As you guys know, we usually do like a little bit at the end. Not like a bit, but like a... Question? No, no. I was going to say like a helpful tip at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. But there's, there's not really anything. Yeah, I don't really know what you guys could take away from this. Um just let us know what you think on the whole supernatural aspect of this story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give us your personal opinion. Because mm -hmm. that's all that can, that can come from this is just opinion. It's just something you know, interesting to talk right about. can't be right or wrong about yeah. it. It's just however you feel about it. Yep. So, yeah. So I guess we'll move into the question of the day, which you created for this one. Yeah. So basically to go along with the story, my question was just going to be, do you believe in ghosts? Hmm, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. From all your stories, it sounds like you do. Yeah, but I've also had where I've said, I mean, I'd just say that I was young and is scared of everything, and I watched way too many scary movies as a child. So, and I was home alone every day after getting home from school. So, Maybe. I feel like 99% of the time I was just freaking myself out because i would hear a creak in the floor and i would like throw my hands up like ah yeah but you've heard more than a creak in the floor so no, i really don't know i really don't know the thing is as life has gone on i've never had like anything weird happen like when i was like i was saying when i was younger i sort of believed in that stuff but you know some your mind is very powerful 
You can make a lot of things up in your head that seem to be true. And like you start fixating, especially on things that bother you or scare you and stuff like that. And so you can sort of develop those crazy situations yourself. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was never when anyone else was around. So, But that's when it happens the most. Oh, well, well, according to who like ghost distance i feel like ghost stories nobody's no. ever like oh yeah we were at a group party of like a hundred people and we all heard this ghost upstairs nah, i don't know it's always like a small group of people or one person well do you um i it's like i do but i don't want to <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think so but i don't want it to be real because me personally, I've never had any experiences or seen anything, which I'm very thankful for. And I hope it always stays that way because if I did, I think I would die on sight. <laughs> yeah. I think my heart would absolutely stop. I'll be home alone. And like Dylan said, like I'll hear something strange and like literally my heart will hurt because I got so scared. <laughs> so I hope I don't, but I think, I don't know. I've heard some stories. Um, and I think it might be true. Yeah. I just don't want it to be. So I'm just going to be ignorant. What's that? Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Yeah. I don't know. Whenever I feel scared, I always take that tip where it's like, you're not welcome. Nothing's welcome. Oh, my God. Always closed. <laughs> so I just kind of recite that to myself if I ever get scared. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if it's already there, how can you say that? Well, apparently works? you're supposed to. I don't know. I remember having a lot of ghost conversations with... um one of my other best friends from college because she loves scary movies and that's who I've seen the most with. Mm -hmm. And there's so like, we just Googled like the differences between spirits and demons and poltergeist. I don't know. There's a whole world out there. So it's pretty creepy to me, but apparently if you just say you're closed, nothing's welcome. Maybe you'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. I mean, I, found this case to be super interesting with the crossover between true crime and supernatural so yeah like the paranormal world yeah it was interesting i know just don't know if i believe it i guess we'll never know yeah unless something crazy happens to me yeah but like i don't want someone it to gets ever possessed happen. and starts floating and oh god <laughs> no see no 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 i'll be like okay. i can't i'm actually terrified of all this stuff Writing the story by myself was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why it took so long. And Dylan was never in the house while I had to write it. So. <laughs> but yeah, let us know if you have any experiences yourself. Anything ever happened to you to. Yeah, enlighten us. Create your opinion on the ghosties. I don't want a story where you're like, oh, I was six years old. No, <laughs> I don't believe you then. You have to be like. 18 oh my gosh everybody's story is valid if it scars you for life (laughs) i want like an adult someone who's not so easily swayed when they're like young like a squirrel could run by my window and i see a shadow and i think that's a ghost in my room when i was like 10 years old (laughs) my parents have some freaky stories those have haunted me my whole life (laughs) (laughs) So let us know what you think. If you like the story, if you have anything similar you want me to cover. Yeah, I mean, if you guys like these uh, 
off the wall like sort of strange yeah. stories it's very interesting to learn about yeah but we hope you have a great week yeah and if you want to see anything about the cases the case sources pictures avery posts all those things on uh, social media so we have one specifically for true time posts and that'll be at true time podcast and that's on instagram and facebook and tiktok and then if you want just personal posts and see into our lives a little bit more you can follow avery at avery e hamill and that's on instagram and tiktok yep so check it out all right we will see you guys next week all righty goodbye everyone bye